Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path Podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Where everything's a trap. It's I mean, a trap. Everything has been a trap. Uh, so I'm assuming there's something trap worthy in this creepy, illusory room. Yes, every <laughs> room must have a trap. Who knows? I know. I was going to say, you do know that I got little, that's the problem. I got little uh, circles and squares and red all over the place on my GM layer on my uh, virtual tabletop here. Oh, good. All of them with trap on it. Hmm. So many traps. You want to <laughs> apply that layer to the rest of us real fast, you know. Then it wouldn't be a surprise. Mm. So, uh, yeah, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers of the Duat had delved deeper into the Pyramid of the Five-Pointed Sun, making their way uh, further, well, a little bit further, after a uh, vision from the mask portrayed a little bit of a... Hakatep's relationship with his aunt, or at the very least, a, uh, a scene involving the two of them, as well as the the General Tarawat. Who, who really lucked into her job. I, okay. Didn't necessarily luck into her job. She lost an arm for it. I was going to say, still... she made the conscious decision to disobey her pharaoh and come to his defense. And instead yeah. of getting killed for it, she got a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> it's what? called failing upwards, Heather. She didn't <laughs> fail at all. She saved his gosh darn life. As mm-hmm. Hakatep while laying in the sand went, maybe soloing this giant dinosaur was a bad idea. As a sorcerer. Maybe my brother did kind of push me to doing something a little stupid. <laughs> I, By questioning my authority. I think my theory of his brother grouping up or allying with the Shori, I think that's a... That's true. I like that theory a lot, actually. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If he wanted his brother out of the picture, I think he'd do it. The He's got a lot of built-up uh, resentment there of already mm-hmm. having his dad saying, oh, we're not going to follow the age uh, you know, lineage, and you're going to automatically be pharaoh. You're going to have to test for it. And then there was all this stuff of, oh, dad was dying now. I'm going to send you guys off with your uncle. And then apparently he's been kind of the favorite as far as that all went, too. Like, there's, there's, some, like, there's a yeah, lot there's, of resentment. There is <laughs> a lot. Enough for a good villain backstory. You know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All I could think of was uh, that scene from the Godzilla movie. Nahamra's like leaning into the pharaoh. It's like, are, are you sure that you should do this? Like, what about the let them fight? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. So uh, after the mass vision, though, you had decided to check around the rest of the section that you were in. You had found a neat little trap door that would spit you out of the bottom of the pyramid. Uh, remind me to delve in a little bit into uh, that trap because there's an interesting little backstory to it also. And, a backstory uh, to a trap? There's a backstory to that trap. Hmm. It, these traps have history behind them. I don't like that. And in addition to that, <laughs> well, following that, you then experimented around a little bit and figured out the tooth shoving into the serpent head making different passages for you because apparently Chisisek couldn't just build a normal pyramid. It had to be something weird. I would expect nothing less. This is, by the way, what happens when there is no budget on the project. (laughs) Right? The engineers just go mad. Yeah. Chisisek is like Hideo Kojima, where it doesn't really make Mm. sense, but somehow it still Somehow somehow you still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just walking and delivering mail? Okay. Why is this so much fun? After experimenting around with that, though, you had opened up one of the passages, made your way deeper inside, found a circular room with uh, some sort of... A fake crypt. Yeah, fake yep. crypt and also a floor that, if you trigger the trap, would turn ethereal and jump you somewhere. You have no idea where. Mm-hmm. With the crypt. On the other mm-hmm. side, you had found the nice stained glass mural of uh, healing, which was a pleasant addition. I think it made Jordan more paranoid than anything else of 
Why are you giving me? It's it's like when you're when you're playing through an old school PS1 game and then you find a save point right yep. in front of a giant door. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like I know you what's find on that the other save point that doesn't seem like yeah. it. There should be a save point. Like you're like this is right outside the boss. Or you're just finding so many bullets and so many yeah. healing yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. Like oh look at this cache of supplies. Uh oh. <laughs> this can't be a good sign. Yep, but after hitting the safe room, you then stepped back out, I suppose, after using the convenient typewriter there to update your log. Uh, and stepped back out to the hallway before making your way into the illusory, uh, what do they call it? The pyramid viewing room. The Sky Pharaoh's Walk. Yeah. Hey, same thing at X-Men, you're in Cerebro. Yeah. It's a little Cerebro, yes, yes. Yep. Hakatep, as played by uh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. <laughs> there you go. That's It'd be a terrible choice for it. He's not remotely. Terrible choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the worst. I, I kind of like. I know that uh, Jess was adamant about Rami Malek being on Uris, which I don't see. But <laughs> Rami Malek for Hakatep could see it. Eh. He can play bad. Yeah, he can. He's really uh, good. He can play anything. Rami Malek is awesome. You then begin to make your way across the Sky Pharaoh's Walk. This illusory viewing of the, the ground below and the night sky, despite the fact that it's in essence noon right now, it actually might be a little bit earlier than that, because I think you teleported to Wati early in the morning. Well, you know, Set likes the dark. I think Sudi and Citra went to go see Onuris at dawn. Or it's it early. Stepping out here, however, Sudi had noted in the far distance of this this wide open view again showing clouds that aren't overhead stars swirling above you the night cities below had seen these distant triangular shapes like i believe it was uh, once described in prophecy way back in book two as angled shadows in the sky well i thought we were about to fight some 2d geometric shapes Could some be. sort of math monster is what i thought was happening could be. <laughs> oh my god, it's the geometry monster! There are a couple of those. You better have your proofs ready. Oh, yep. Math, no. the boss fight. I was so bad at proofs. A 2D uh, inevitable steps free from the wall and attacks you. Uh, he's only <laughs> vulnerable to death on uh, when his hit points are divisible. So only on primes. <laughs> if this is a he real thing, damage from even I might damage. legitimately throw a pin at you for once instead of just threatening yep. to throw a pin at you. <laughs> if you. If you hit them with even amount of damage, you can damage them, but odd amount of damage, they take half damage. Oh, that's uh, awesome. There you that's, go. Math monster. All right, somebody at Paizo no. needs to get on that because that would be a really no. interesting mechanic. I think that'd be no. fun. No. I think this is a terrible idea. I veto. I veto hardcore. So, uh, yeah, suppose as we begin again, you all stand on this catwalk overlooking the infinite void of space above and the eternal benighted desert below. Can, can we keep uh, can, can we keep going, please? This is Yeah, I'm with you. Look, this is weird. Hey there, Pyramid. What? Yeah. In the distance there, there's shadows in the sky that look like the pyramids. I'm guessing... Either they're just part of the illusion, or maybe maybe that's where they actually are. It's a way for the pyramids to see each other, because like, there's not exactly like windows, you know? I don't think we have any way to determine if this is accurate, though. Mm-hmm. Narmer nope, puts his face up against the wall like he's putting it up against a window. <laughs> Narmer. Zoom and enhance. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an illusion. His little, like, goggle eyes, like, stick out and then clink off of the stone. Oh. Armor. It just got more picturely. 
Well, you know, it's old. It's got that low tech from from a million years ago. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Anyway, we continue through the illusory hallway. Where's just a JPEG? He then hops back <laughs> on the silver <Sikasaurus. laughs> Pyramid in Actually, the sky. Actually, it's all it's all uh, PNG. It's all transparency. Yeah. That's why we can see that. <laughs> I can fly twice as high. I'm in, I'm into my reading rainbow, but pyramid themed. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, the passageway does continue ahead of you. Again, it's this odd thing where the moment you step out here, when you look behind you, all you see is a door floating in space. That was the hallway you came from, and all you see ahead of you on the other side of this walkway is another door floating in space. Like someone literally just suspended two doors and a walkway 500 feet up above the city of Wati. Then there was a phrase like, if we are followers of... Those who serve him have nothing to fear, for even the sky bends to his will. We should be on our guards because we don't exactly serve him. Well, I mean, aren't we on our guard already? Even more. Narva mm. brings up his little flippers like he's going to karate chop someone. Hollis closes hit her familiar satchel to protect sugar. <laughs> Back into my fortress of solitude. Move over, egg. <laughs> I suppose you guys keep going down the hallway. It's going to hatch at some point, right? One day I'll have a dragon. No, it well, has, a he, she has not been with a, uh, a man in quite some time, I imagine. I think she's- well, It's not sugar's egg. egg, it's a Drake egg. Oh, that's right, I totally forgot about the Drake egg. <laughs> I thought it was sugar eggs. <laughs> I was saying, we, we eat breakfast with sugar's eggs. Yeah, sugar provides us one egg per day. Oh, uh, I forgot there was a ways. Drake egg in there. Oh my goodness, that was, was, like, a that was my bad. What are you talking about? <laughs> we did land in that chicken farm outside of Sophus. She could have. Yeah, I guess that's true. Sugar's that's going true. and having relations with the other chickens. Yeah, right. Oh she god, got, we got a chick. She oh got god. standards. <laughs> cheep, cheep, cheep. And Hollis is just like, oh no, this one's not magical. What are you doing? <laughs> Dang it, stupid offspring. We call this one honey. Sugar and honey. <laughs> Oh, the dragon's name is going to be Honey. Okay, that's where we're at. The dragon's going to hatch and eat sugar. You're aware of that, right? Not immediately. <laughs> sugar has a lot of hit points. Half your hit points, technically. For a chicken, that's a lot. Yep. That'll be our bonus content episode where it's sugar versus the wormling dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you all continue down the hallway. You reach the door at the end. Sudi and... Citra, I imagine, quickly step through, although the doorway is only about five feet wide, so I imagine Sudi steps through quickly and then Citra followed. Or maybe the reverse, considering the how reverse. many traps she Probably the reverse. the reverse. Traps! You step back into the pyramid. The wall is still covered with these hieroglyphs, these depictions of Iskatimhabet and her warriors, numerous prayers to the dead. You step from this walkway, this hallway, into another hallway. The man loves hallways. I mean, you, you need them to get from one place to another. The hallway ahead of you stretches a distance of maybe some 30 feet. Still, as almost every single hallway here has been, a uniform 10 feet across. You would say exactly. The ceilings in these hallways are exactly 7 feet across, with the walls slightly tilted upwards, ascending up the 20-foot distance. Hmm. Every single hall somehow perfectly designed to continue to amplify the sound as you make your way. This passage again is only about 30 feet long. About halfway down its length, there is a door on the left-hand wall. However, your eyes are drawn instead to the end 
of this passage where you see a curved alcove containing an imposing stone statue of a man dressed in the raiment of a ruling pharaoh, his hands holding a crossed crook and flail against his chest. The pharaoh's expression is stern and imperious, as if looking down in disdain or anger at those who stand before him. Check for Golem. The statue's feet hover <laughs> a few inches above a stone disc on the floor bearing a cartouche. Well, cool. he's a sky pharaoh. Without reading the cartouche, all of you can recognize the man's face as being identical to that of the mask that Sudi carries. This is a man that looks to be maybe in his mid to late 50s, early 60s. Yet despite the age gap between that and the the 20-something-year-old Hakatep you saw in your vision shortly ago, you can immediately see the resemblance. Since you guys actually had no idea how long Hakatep reigned. Yeah. Nope. Or lived, for that matter. He was wiped from history. How were we gonna? Yep. Uh, that's a fair point. Sudi activates his golem bane scarab. No, not a golem. Well, it looked like he must have reigned into his, what, about 50s? Perhaps. All right. never did know. Yes. It's a lot longer than... Well, maybe not longer than I thought. It would have made Nahamra pretty old when Hakotep passed. Well, you guys had already, th I think, theorized that because when you had the mask vision of uh, Nahamra's interrogation, like the guy yeah. looked like he was 90. Well, yeah. yeah, and the his nephew was an adult, old enough to, like a grown adult in that too. So he lived long enough yeah. for his brother to have a kid that grew up and was an adult before he became the next pharaoh. Or one of his yeah, sisters. Or actually yeah. even been yeah. his brother. He did have like nine sisters. Yeah. Big family. All right, well. Um, Citra, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Go ahead and add your uh, your trap sense bonus to this. It's pretty much default to that, you know? <laughs> it's every hallway and room. As a, as a side note, trap spotter, good investment. You got to have a rogue in this AP, y'all. You got to. Again, for this. as Heather was saying, the whole like campaign trait that gives you trap finding might have been a hint. Because it's considering uh, it's the only way to get trap finding without being a slayer or a rogue, that's saying something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I rolled an 11 for a 34. A 34 will meet the DC 34 perception check. Oh! You can sense magic. You look forward towards this. There's some sort of complex trap on this statue. Not just its statue, but even the approach to it. If Sudi were to take so much as a single step further into the room, would probably step within range of it. Looking this over... You gotta bow to the man. A penitent man will pass? Nope, I think it's you gotta show him fealty or whatever. Yeah, you gotta crawl on hands pass. and knees. You, you bow and you apparently do a front roll. <laughs> Mm. Action roll. You can tell that it does target anyone that makes their way down this hallway. You could attempt to disable it from here, fortunately. From what you can tell, it it looks to have some sort of complicated magical trap. I'll go ahead and allow a wisdom check from anyone. I'll give a plus two bonus to Citra because she has identified the trap. I got a 16, so 16. I rolled a four for a nine. I thought Sudo was maybe going to get this one. I know, I was excited. I roll a 15 for a 22. And I roll a 16 for a 19 with the plus two. Masika, Citra, this occurs to really both of you. Masika, maybe a few seconds earlier than Citra. This trap, more likely than not, 
means that any individual who was not a servant of the Pharaoh would be targeted by this trap. You do technically have a way around this. And that more likely not any magic they would attempt to determine something like that would identify Sudi as being the Pharaoh. As he literally carries the life essence of Hakatep. Hey! This does nothing to help the rest of you. <laughs> Although, of course, Citra can attempt to disable it from here. Well, considering Sudi's the only one that can get by, I think I need to. Sudi I... can't be like, nah, they're chill. And then we go with I don't think not. the trap is intelligent. You know? yeah, yeah, I can't, like, I can't, they can't, it won't just be like halt and I can be like, don't worry, bro, they're with me. Yeah, maybe if it was a golem, but. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, Sudi would probably be fine, uh, but the rest of us, not so much. Uh, so I'm going to attempt to get rid of the magic coming off of Hakatep's statue. All right. So does it like shoot lasers at us if you if you trigger it or or what? I don't know, and I'm not sure I want to know. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you what this trap does if you successfully disable this. <laughs> that makes me feel like I'm not going to successfully disable this. Oh dear lord. Do it. Don't I hate it when he smiles like that. I don't like that you're giving me that expression. Don't I know look it's at awful. Him. That's your Stop fault. It. Don't look at him. I rolled well, so screw you. <laughs> he is to not look at him. <laughs> I rolled a 19, so I got a 49 to disable it. Boom! Come on, come if on. If this trap DC is 50, I'm, I'm out. I'm leaving. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then oh, I have to roll an add 20. Challenge rating so 20 trap. We must have skipped you the book. Sorry, y'all. lean down. Check the runes here. Realize that you don't necessarily need to disable the trap so much as you need to disable its trigger. After a few moments, you manage to break the connection that would have discerned your intent upon entering this hallway. And as you look over the runes, you can actually determine what the trap would do. Yeah, it's a lot of steps, actually. Let me just go ahead and read this way. First off, this would hit you with a curse. <laughs> Fine. So good news if you have a bonus to save versus curses, which I think you do. I do, in fact. It is an extraordinarily interesting curse, and I must once again applaud Mr. Cortez for his uh, his ingenuity. This would strike you with the Sky Pharaoh's curse. This afflicts creatures with an insidious reversal of shield other. Each person afflicted by the curse is linked to creatures of the same alignment. Weird. Whenever a creature of the same alignment as the cursed individual takes hit point damage, ability damage, or ability drain, or suffers a curse, Within 60 feet of the cursed individual, the cursed individual also automatically takes the damage. Oh. Or suffers that curse effect. Oh, jeez. Damage dealt to a cursed individual via the curse does not translate further into any other like-aligned cursed victims, but if numerous like-aligned cursed victims all take damage from the same source, as from an area effect, then they would all take the shared damage at once. So, for example, Ooh. if four cursed neutral good characters located within 60 feet of each other each take 30 points of damage from a fireball, then each of those characters would take that 30 points of damage four times for a oh. total of 120 oh, points of damage. Geez. Wow. Dang. Once for the direct damage and then three times for the three other cursed jeez, individuals. Jeez, what a jerk. Resolve all damage transfers after saving throws, resistances, and other defenses apply. Once Sudi's the damage fine. is transferred via the curse, the damage becomes untyped damage that is not subject to the cursed creature's defenses, such as damage reduction, resistance, or immunity. So oh. it wouldn't even count as fire damage for Hollis's protections. Oh, wow. Man. Good thing I'm a different alignment than everybody, I guess. As a side note, uh, as long as the victim su suffers from the curse, Hakatep's name, spelled out in ancient Osiriani hieroglyphs, appears an angry red brand on the victim's brow. 
<laughs> All allies of Hakatep recognize this mark and Oof. are quick to take advantage of the curse's effects. We have so wow. many removed curses, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'd, we'd probably be okay, but that's mean. That's super mean. Yeah, I, that's I just love that curse effect. That is brilliant. I loved it so much. I couldn't wait for the after party to explain this trap. <laughs> the trap is amazing. Yes, you have successfully disabled the trap. Okay. That's a heck of a curse. So there's a statue at the end of the hallway, and there's a door on your left-hand side. So it should be safe to move forward now. Um, All right, I want to inspect this statue. I detect magic on the statue. Detecting magic. There are two magical auras located at each of the feet, each individual foot of the statue. Like his sandals? Uh, however, you actually cannot draw a line of sight to them. Because they're on the underside. Oh, weird. Or possibly inside of the statue. You can just detect the magical aura. It's not on the statue that's making it float. It would require further investigation. I, I will approach and investigate. Oh boy. Uh, what are the rest of you doing? I mean, Masika's going to make her way forward to wait till Citra opens the door because she's not touching the door. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I'd also probably stack up at the door. Citra's checking the door. So, Hollis, go ahead and make me a perception roll. And for the rest of you, approaching towards the door, you can see that this is a large stone door. There are only really two hieroglyphs located on this door. The first one can be interpreted in a number of different ways. The hated, the despised, the treacherous, depends on how you interpret the translation. Beneath that is a single name, Sekpatra. Uh, anyone that wishes to may make me a knowledge history or knowledge nobility check. So 13 for a 20 history. Pretty good. Sudi, you personally know nothing pertaining towards the Sekpatra. Cool. As far as things that you have learned, in history classes or nobility. You are, however, aware of three things that you know about the Sekpatra that you've learned otherwise. One, the Sekpatras were friends of the previous pharaoh before Hakatep, his father. Two, Hakatep's brother, Atet, married one of the Sekpatras. Three, Hakatep killed all but two of them after they had imprisoned and did something to his aunt, whose pyramids are now flying inside of. Mmm. Mmm. Little shrine to their destruction. Hakatep spared the two youngest children and gave them over to his brother to raise. Hmm. Fun. Well, I don't know a lot about this Sekpatra, but um, Hakatep did uh, basically wipe them all out. He sounds and, like a great guy. Well, I mean, they were. Uh, they did something to his end. Not exactly sure what, but. In the retaliation, he killed all but two of them and gave his brother the two youngest to raise as his own. So if you're talking about Sekpatra out loud, could Sugar have overheard and see if she knows things knowledge nobility wise? Sure, but first let me resolve your perception roll. Okay. I rolled a 13 for a 26. 26. This is not supported by traditional magic. <laughs> In fact, cleverly built into the feet of the statue are two immovable rods. Oh, that's yeah. rad. Oh, nice. They could be removed, although considering the weight on it, it would require a successful disabled device check. Uh, and more likely than not means that the statue would topple. Yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. Hey, how do y'all feel about this statue? In what context? I think it really captures his essence. There's immovable rods in his feet. Yeah. We could take them, but he'd probably fall over. But also he seems like a bad guy. But also be destroying history. 
So what does your inner archaeologist tell you? Just wanted to point that out. Real weird. I mean, I don't care if we destroy his statue. He's kind of a jerk. I can see why everybody did that, but I guess we'll leave it for now. And if we decide we need it, we know where it is. Exactly. If you wish, Sugar can make her uh, knowledge and ability. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sugar rolls a 17 for a 38 knowledge and ability. Wow. You know, that boy Sudi back there is talking about these uh, Sekpatras. I do think mm-hmm. I remember a little something about them. Still technically around. Well, sort of. Other branches. But the family used to have, uh, they used to be the richest family in the entirety of Osirian. Oh. They dealt extensively in trade all the way south with Katapesh. Well, back before it was Katapesh. They mostly dealt in Pesh. Hmm. But had a number of other outlets for their finances. Then apparently they crossed some pharaoh forgotten to time and history. Oh, well. So probably our boy here. And uh, they were all basically wiped out. Hmm. I don't remember them saying anything about any long-term survivors, but they were basically all killed. They mostly had land in the south. Oh. In the area around Tefu on and what became Wati. Most of their money was given over to the Mafre family. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. All right. I got some juicy gossip. Let me tell you what Sugar just told me. And then she'll kind of recount that stuff and she'll end with, first of all, I think our boy's brother probably had some dealings with this family. He was in the South. His wife, you know, was wanted in the to family. save the two of them or whatever. And on Yuris's mama, or well, Aziz's <laughs> mama's family uh, is where all that money went to. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Citra and Sudi actually technically possess additional information past that. In that both of you were there when Onuris found the documentation that showed that Dejerdit II had married a the eldest daughter of the Mafre family. Uh, so are, are the Mafres the Sekpatras or they just got the money? They just got the money. Uh, yeah. Apparently after the Sekpatras were wiped out, the crown basically said, here's their land. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe because he married one of them. Mayhaps. Probably. <laughs> like you do. It's all connected. Bring out the string board. Oh, man. <laughs> I love a string board. Oh, well, we'll do it later. We don't have time right now. How many string boards do you have at this point? Oh, a bunch. I got a mansion. When we're ready to sleep, I'll show you my new mansion spell I've been cooking up. Anyway. During our last trip to Sothis, Hollis specifically picked up a bag of holding just for all of the cork boards. <laughs> you can't understand me. <laughs> and Hollis is glad that Sugar can't spill her secrets. Goodness. <laughs> She's the ultimate confidant. My corkboard so, bag of holding. So are we going to go in? Might as well. Maybe they'll be helpful. Oh, I mean, they're we... probably dead. Well, I like, mean, we've seen dead, lots dead. of dead things. Maybe they'll be like that ghost paladin. She was helpful. Enemy of my enemy and all of that. I mean, she's been kept here. They, I guess, because like, ain't nobody that's not loyal to Hakatep coming down this hallway. And somebody loyal to Hakatep ain't going to let them out. But we're not loyal to Hakatep. But you disabled that trap, so now it's time, perhaps, to capitalize on that. Or fight some other scary, horrible, undead thing, but I don't know, man. Anyway, let's give it this shot. Sudi will just kind of, like, take a deep breath and then open the door. Citra is going to uh, check it for traps and probably... I thought you already were doing that we waiting for Hollis. I know, but I think Citra's kind of taking point in this place. Citra's like, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Calm down, Sudi, you've got a 40-foot movement speed. 50. You're fine. 50 foot movement speed. (laughs) 
five feet of difference from the front line isn't going to do much to you. Hasted, you're 80 feet. That's fast. Yes. Yes, I am. Opening the door. The chamber beyond is a large square. Half a dozen life-size statues of men and women stand in this room. Oh, really? So many Each statue golems. depicts a figure with hands outstretched as if warding off a great evil. They turned all them poor folks into statues. The faces of these statues are strangely unfinished, just rough protrusions of unworked stone or somehow smeared like someone attacking an artist's clay before the clay has fully dried. The wall on the far end of this room is strange. A smooth expanse of clay, streaked with veins of gray, its face adorned with a single large hieroglyph. <laughs> For any of those of you who speak ancient Mosiriani, which I believe is all of you, the large hieroglyph marks this simply as Sekpatra family. This makes me very sad. And I've seen some messed up stuff. I think we all have. I mean, there must be something here, because otherwise, why would you put such a powerful curse trap thing on the entrance? Mm. I wonder if this is them. They got turned to stone, and so the trap is to make sure people don't come and try to save them. That's, that's what I think. That's why I think this is real messed up. But considering what they've done to their faces, if we turn them into people again, they'd be, well, in a lot Mutilated. of pain at the least. Mm-hmm. Use your little scarab there just in case. Sudi activates the scarab and sweeps the room. No, none of these individuals are golems. Cetra, can we go inside? Doesn't seem to be trapped. All right, we go inside to see what's what. Mm-hmm. I'm going to detect magic. Stepping into the room. Again, there are six statues. Each one of these statues are completely stone, although each one of them has a copper chain that hangs about their necks. Hanging from this copper chain on each of them is a small stone cartouche, naming each of these individuals. I guess because their faces were destroyed. Yeah, so you know who's who. Mm -hmm. Why do you if need to know tomb, who's who? this is a tomb, that means these are probably... Uh, this is how they are in the afterlife, in the Duat probably serving whatever general maybe. Oh, is that how that works here? Um, you are aware that a common association with ancient Osirian belief, which from what you understand does actually because it is their belief system extend into their afterlifes, is uh, the reason why there's certain depictions uh, very specific ways that an individual is drawn on the uh, walls of their tomb is because physical depictions of them are how they appear in the afterlife. Which is why whenever you see a picture of Anyone buried in a tomb, you can see both arms, oftentimes all ten fingers, both legs, with the way mm. that they're spaced, so that when they appear in the afterlife, they possess all of their limbs. So, An individual yeah. that didn't get a tomb and has this as the representation probably has literally no face in the afterlife. So if we destroyed this, would that destroy them in the afterlife or free them? I mean, at that point, you're just destroying the last of their representations. Mm. Yeah, so it really is doing a in, lot. Which in which in Osiriani would mean that they are gone in the afterlife as well. Uh, first off, Hollis, you can detect that there's some magical auras there on the other side of the clay wall that covers mm. the expanse on the far side of this room. You cannot draw draw a line of sight to them, so you can't determine what they are. Mm. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you are aware that a make whole spell would actually restore the damage done to these statues. Mm. You would need six make whole spells, but that would work. 
Secondly, the individuals could be made whole again because technically speaking, much as uh, what happened with, uh, I can't remember his name, the dwarf that you freed. Oh, <laughs> oh I love that spell. Uh, although, of course, due to the damage to their faces, they would die. Yeah, well, not uh, more likely than first. not, they don't even have ma mouths or anything. So you would actually have to make whole and then restore them back to flesh, at which point they would, in essence, jump forward however many thousands of years, 6,000 years since this happened initially, uh, which may actually come with some information. You're not entirely positive. All right. I think we should hmm. do that. If you want to work around and you don't have make whole, you could technically free them with a stone to flesh and then cast regeneration, which would restore their faces. The regeneration would need to be would need to be cast before they literally suffocate to death because most of them don't have mouths or noses anymore. Golly. Yikes. Hmm. But that would also be an option. There's a very like feisty part of Hollis that really enjoys the idea of being like, oh, you thought you would kill this bloodline? Well, you. Here are all of the people restored to life. Yeah, but we saw what kind of trauma the dwarf and that other girl went through when we brought wasn't the, when super we pleasant them for them. But according yeah. to the afterlife, they are walking around the afterlife without faces. That's got to be I mean, be I'm okay with fixing their faces with Make Whole, but I don't know the logistics of bringing these people back. A little part of me is like, though, what did y'all do? Right? Like, like must have been pretty heinous. This is pretty severe punishment to, like, kill the whole family. I'm like, what did you do? I don't... No, like, I don't know, and we I, haven't seen honest, any. This is one of those stories where everybody's a bad person. This is what it feels like. Well, we're getting Games of Thronesy here, where you're dealing with a whole bunch of nobles. Yeah, yeah. and as <laughs> Takatep can be, he doesn't like. He seems to actually give a crap about his people. So I don't, I don't know, know if he would do this to an entire family for no reason. I mean, he he did something so unspeakably so unspeakable that they like had to cut him into three pieces to try to ask him a question. I don't know. I feel like no, maybe... No, that was because he had information about the Shuri stuff and they wanted to have that technology. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, Nahamra flat out said that Dejerdeth II asked him to find out what magic Hakatep had and was using, to which Nahamra went on it. Oh, wait, we warded his body against everything except for basically artifact-level divination. Time to rip his soul into pieces and then I'll ask him. Magic. Mm, yeah. I don't know. He hasn't struck me as a good person in the past three or four but feelings. These, this family did kidnap the aunt and do something to did her. Did they kidnap the aunt? Yeah. Yes. That was this family. Mm -hmm. That was the statement that you saw in the flashback that they kidnapped her and did something to her. Hmm. And then that's why he destroyed their entire family. Now, you but, don't know what they did yeah, to Yeah, we don't have any idea. That's why I'm just like, they could, I'm They hesitant. could all be a bunch of like horrible, horrible people. Well, and yeah. are some of these kids in here? No, the two, the children were spared. Yeah, the children, the children were, spared were spared and given to their sister, who was also spared because she was married to the Pharaoh's brother. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Something shady there. This whole thing is shady. <laughs> I don't think we should worry about it right now. I think if we're going to deal with the Sekpatras, we ought to deal with them after we, uh, I don't know, figure out what's going on in the rest of this place. <laughs> well, I guess I mean, the question is the whole thing could come crashing to the ground at the end of this and then we can't do anything about it. That's true. Um, well, there is the clay wall. We don't have the spells to deal with it right now anyway. Yeah, it would take too many resources to deal with this. Anyway, there's stuff in this wall. Should we break the wall open? Like, how sturdy does this wall look? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's made of, it's a smooth expanse of clay streaked with veins of gray. Is it like dried clay or is it still like? Yeah, it's dried clay. If it's wet, that would be wild. Well, you know, we're in a magical floating pyramid. I don't know. 
I was half expecting a mud golem to come swarming out of the clay when we walked in this room. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, you can sense uh, two magical auras on the other side of it. There's magic. Okay. Studio, go up and give it a big ol' axe kick. Uh, yeah. Very well. As an interesting side note, if you are considering this to be, in essence, a tomb, then actually putting up this clay barrier between them and their treasure, which they should have been buried with, uh, would have actually just been further insult to them for the oh. rest of eternity. Because then they oh, don't yeah, have access to Oh, yeah, because it denies them their stuff. stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's literally, here's a tiny little barrier I put up made of the weakest material I could, and now you can never get it. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of symbolic middle fingering going on. A lot of symbolic and anger going on here. Yeah, it's yeah. like, God, these people were very petty and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But In the way nobles. only nobles with too much money can be. Yeah. Uh, Sudi, if you want to attempt to break down the wall, you can. Uh, it has a hardness of two and 90 hit points, so it just take you Oh, it's just time. time then, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, considering, I think you do an average about, what, seven or eight points of damage per hit? Probably more than that. Uh, five and eight, so I'd be doing 13 points of damage on average. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it would almost, honestly only take you about 20, 30 seconds to hammer a hole through the wall large enough for you to, like, get your head and shoulders through. So, making your way over, doing so, I suppose, as you just kind of stand there, prepare yourself, and then one-inch punch until you get through the wall. I imagine you do more than a one-inch punch, but you understand. Uh, yeah, he's, like, he's doing some cool, like, flurry of blows, like, you know, wailing on <laughs> it kind of stuff. Narmer helps. Copy Sudi's moves next to him on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's yeah. only doing like one point of damage so it doesn't get through the hardness. I mean, technically I could just spit a bunch of ash on it, but this seems cooler. <laughs> Punching your way through the wall. The only issue for the rest of you being in this room because it is still the same architectural design that Chisisek had is the echo in here with each of these Between punches. Between the moving around the s snake passage and... Yeah, well, not, not necessarily here. that you're alerting anyone else so much as you're just giving yourself a headache as soon as he's going bam, yeah. bam, 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 bam. Considering with a flurry of blows, I'm up to four attacks every six seconds. Like, it's basically just like thump, 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 thump. Sudi, you crack through the wall, stick your head through, fish around in there, grab things, pass them back, grab things, pass them back. You find six total chests. Wow. Containing a total in bronze, silver, and gold ingots of 6,336 gold pieces. Wowzers. Well, that's how you know you're too rich to know what to do with your own money. Along with this is a small box as you open it. You bring out a small box that as you open it, you find contains a simple crystal. A long, rough prism. Honestly, it doesn't oh, seem to be it. worth much of anything, but it is in a velvet-lined box. As magic. you kind of pass that back over your shoulder, Hollis it is one of the magic items. Mm. Uh, the other is a fantastically bejeweled golden rod. Kind of reach in, take out, pass back over. Uh, sticking your head back through there, all that's left in here are a number of urns that probably at one point contained water and food stuff as well as what appear to be a number of mummified and petrified cats and dogs. They killed all their pets, too. And then well, buried them, but then anyway buried them for... on the other side of this so they couldn't take them with them either. Yeah. And also left food and water on the other side of this wall where they couldn't reach it, so they'd be in the afterlife uh, starving and thirsting for all the time. But we did, but did they determine did not they're not... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but having punched a hole in the wall, that makes it accessible, right? Uh, technically. Symbolically, cool. yes. Also, again, as uh, kind of came up in, in episode one, as... As many difficulties as this probably does make for Sudi, 
technically the retrieval of these items is stage sanctioned. Yep. And also tacitly approved by the Church of Phrasma, but really only because that means that they can control. It's the whole don't disturb bodies. Don't rip open a person's casket and shake their body out to get all the gold off of them and everything else. Don't destroy a tomb if you can avoid doing so. Is Although it still this sanctioned if it's flying above Othirian. Hey, it's in Watsi, bud. Okay. I know. Yeah, I know. Okay. No, it's airspace rules. Just teasing. Yes, it is. It is in Osirian airspace. So. Yep. <laughs> so it counts. <laughs> so That's what funny. are the magic items? Magic uh, what are you guys getting? Taking ten on a spellcraft. Fourteen. Mm. Thirty-three. <laughs> uh, thirty-three yep. for identifying items. Alright, so yeah, I suppose uh, Hollis identifies one, Masika identifies the other. You, either of you have a preference on which one? Rod. Alright, so Masika looking over the gemstone. This crystal appears to be a long, rough prism. Upon utterance of a command word, uh, which is literally the ancient Osiriani word for sunrise. Yeah. Cool. The gem's facets suddenly glow, grow highly polished as the crystal emits bright light of one of three sorts of your choice. Uh, one command word causes the gem to shed light as a hooded lantern. The gem does not expend any charges and continues to emit light until the command word is spoken a second time and extinguish to extinguish the illumination, which means that it is a 60-foot cone. It's a flashlight. It's a flashlight. It's a flashlight! Another command word causes the gem of brightness to send out a bright ray one foot in diameter, 50 feet long. This strikes as a ranged touch attack. Any creature struck by this beam is blinded for 1d4 rounds unless it makes a DC 14 fortitude save. Nice. Shining uh, laser eyes. <laughs> the DC use of this gem expends one charge. The third command word causes the gem to flare to a blinding flash of light that fills a 30-foot cone. Although this glare lasts but a moment, any creature within the cone must make a DC 14 fortitude save or be blinded for 1d4 rounds. <laughs> this expends five charges. It has 50 charges. Cool. Nice. So gem of brightness. Yep. That's cool. Uh, if all the ch charges are ex expended, the gem becomes non-magical and its facets grow cloudy with a fine network of cracks. Although, as long as it still has one charge left in it, it is a permanent flashlight. Hmm. Okay. Narmer, do you want a flashlight? I think <laughs> we should, like, tape this to my head. <laughs> should be, like, a little minor thing. I mean, they usually use candles and little mirrors to make, like, beams, but this would be awesome. Or replace one of my eyes. And then <laughs> I could have, like, a one cool of your laser eyes. eye. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness. Masika hands him the flashlight. Awesome. All right, Masika's taking that. Hey, Shitra. Mm -hmm. You have paints, right? I do have paint. I think we should get some par parchment and some paints, and then I can make like a little thing so I could make like various colored lights. And then I could put on like <laughs> pantomime shadow shows. I mean, we could work on this after we're not in imminent danger. Okay. I just think it'd be really cool. I could entertain people with my, oh God, I have flippers. You do have flippers. I can't, I can't make hand shadow puppets. We could get creative and maybe make some little shapes for you. It's all right. Well, it's fine. Usually they don't hold me back so much. Not like my tiny legs. They're always holding me back. Um, you I'm can going fly. to point out that you can fly. I know, but sometimes I like to feel the sand between my unfeeling toes. Also, I don't have toes. Oh, well. I could make Mashika make shadow puppets. Masika turns on the flashlight to distract him from this sad topic and gives it back to him. <laughs> he turns on, he pounces across the room like a cat and just lands on it. I have 50% cat. <laughs> the other 50% fish. 
and a hundred percent mechanized. I am two hundred percent of a familiar. Uh, the other object that you find is a rod of splendor. The possessor of this fantastically bejeweled rod gains a plus four enhancement bonus to her charisma score as long as she holds or carries the item. <laughs> Once per day, the rod garbs her in magically created clothing of the finest fabrics and adorns her with furs and jewels. As a side note, this specifically only adorns you in ancient Osiriani, finest fabric and clothing. Nice. <laughs> All right, you ready? Hollis clicks the rod and is like, I'm fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Apparel created by the magic of the rod remains in existence for 12 hours. Oh, However, okay. if the possessor attempts to sell or give away any part of it, use it for any spell component or the like, all apparel immediately disappears. <laughs> the same applies if it is forcefully taken from you. The value of the noble guard created by the rod ranges from 7,000 to 10,000 gold. Uh, 1,000 for the fabric alone, 5,000 for the furs, and the rest of, rest of it are jewels. Maximum of 20 gems, maximum value of 200 gold pieces each. <laughs> Good gracious. Hollis so you're wearing ridiculous. like an extra like 50 pounds of bling. Oh, wait, it gets better. Oh, man. <laughs> Hollis is like, let me even look at what I'm wearing. I should have finished really realizing what this was. In addition, the rod has a second special power, usable oh. once per week. Upon command, it creates a palatial tent, a huge <laughs> pavilion of silk 60 feet across, Inside the tent are temporary furnishings and food suitable for the splendor of the pavilion and sufficient to entertain as many as 100 guests. The tent and its trappings last for one day. At the end of that time, the tent and all objects associated with it, including any items that were taken out of the tent, disappear. So, so if we need to throw a celebratory party after yeah. all this. So we will have the mother of all parties back in Wati when we but, finish up. But I have a mansion, y'all. Does your mansion yeah, feed you, 100 you guests? Do you want people <laughs> to be partying in your mansion, or is that where we want to retreat to once we're done with the party? All right, okay, I can be convinced. Also, think about how many people you could help by feeding them. Well, oh, my mansion man. can feed a bunch of people, too. I just came up with an amazing character backstory. Here's an idea. Character who, when they were young, found a rod of splendor, became an amazing wedding planner and organizer. <laughs> Able to create a tent full of food once per week for a weekly wedding. And then somehow the rod was broken, stolen, and or destroyed and became an adventurer to try to get enough gold back to get another rod of splendor to continue oh their God. wedding plan. Dude, I love That's that amazing. backstory. That's there amazing. you go. That's pretty awesome. That's I, like pretty like, I don't I don't really care about saving the country. I really just need to get my business back on its feet. I really just need 25,000 gold pieces so I can make people happy again. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we'll definitely sell this rod, but for now, Hollis, I guess, is going to look awesome. Yep. That's a freebie, Gracious. by the way, Pathfolk. Uh, use that backstory as much as you want. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're welcome. Yeah, that appears to be it. All right, well, I guess, you know, we'll leave these folks here and we'll uh, go back down the Wiggly Hall. Right? I think that's the plan. We have two more. Well, we have three more teeth. So, because we have so there's four, at least but there's only three two slots. more places they can we it can take us, right? I don't well, know. There's we'll three out. missing teeth, but four teeth, like three right. missing areas, but four teeth. You know, you gotta have a spare key. Well, no, no. Wait, hang on. So, no, nothing in the teeth or in the mouth takes you back to the entrance. No, a dead end. It Maybe just it dead didn't. Ended. Uh, it did end. You're right. So then, 
one in the back upper part back took us jaw. here. Upper back yes. jaw took us here. So there should be two other positions, right? Yes. Again, it might just be spare key. Well, we, we haven't looked at the mouth from this angle. Maybe there's an extra slot. Sudi wouldn't know how to perfectly explain this, but um, you would need to have four to be able to then go back to the beginning. Why? Because there's an int- there's the entrance one, and then in each of the three locations, there is another doorway to take you back. Oh, So that yeah. makes four. That's why you need four. Otherwise, how are we getting back? Because we can't take the tooth out because we left the tooth. Bingo. Yeah. The hallway didn't close off behind the us. The hallway then didn't we can close. Walk back. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. Then man. I don't know. That's just what Spare my brain key, said is the reason. Maybe there's another door. Who knows? All right, we go to the mouth. You turn, make your way out, walk past the statue of Hakatep, make your way down the long hallway, stepping basically into the illusion of the outside world. Navigate your way back down to the twin doors and begin to head towards the mouth of the serpent. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Oh, no. Hollis rolls an 11 for a 24. I roll a 10 for a 33. A Seeker rolls an 18 for a 25. And Narma rolls a 17 for a 35. Sitcher rolled a 17 for a 34. You begin to make your way back. Pass by the two doors. Masika, Narma does that kind of thing. Like, you can hear his head turn. And then, like, a flipper reaches out to, like, try to pat you on the head and just ends up, like, smacking the side of your cheek a couple times as he's still staring off to the side. (laughs) Citra, you pull up short as well. Probably cock your head as you look into the southern room, this mural chamber. Something's different. Uh Uh-oh. Four of the animal figures are gone. Not like the mural's been broken but they're just no longer in the depiction of the scene. I wonder if that's because we used it. Like maybe it has limited charges based on the number of animals. No, oh, yeah. Although I think we would have noticed that as soon as we like used it. Mashika. Mashika, something's changed. The animals. What? There are four of the animals that are missing. Hmm. All right, hold on a second. Mashika is going to cast uh, the spell Vision. It's her once per day for her uh, lore spirit. Um, The spell function is like legend lore, except it works more quickly. Um, It's only a standard action. So I can ask what this thing does by succeeding on a caster level check. I get to roll a d20 plus my caster level against a dc20. Okay. So your question is, what does this mural do? Yes. I want to know what the magic of the mural does. And since I'm right, since it's right in front of me, that's why the DC is only 20. The downside of this spell is that it makes me fatigued, but I can cast a lesser restoration to get rid of it. Hmm. So I roll a 13 plus my caster level is a 26. Okay. Do you have the incense? Uh, yeah, Masika's got incense. Okay. If not, we have fancy incense. Yeah. you <laughs> still got that fancy incense that he had like a big old like pound block of. So Masika focuses, reaches in her pocket, pulls out four pieces of ivory, circles those in her fingertips, concentrates on that, pulls out a small stick of incense, lights it. A small stick of incense that she's paid 250 gold pieces for. All in six seconds. All in six seconds. Crumples the incense, snorts it. I'm almost out of incense. I need to buy some some incense when we get out of here. Because I had incense for... We know a lady. I had had incense for my divination spells, but after this... And you got the honey. (laughs) Then we started getting high off of that 
weirdly psychedelic honey. We still have a bunch of that, too. Uh, as a side note with uh, Citra and Narmer making the rest of the group aware, anyone that wishes to may make me an intelligence roll. I will. I just want to make sure. I want to just figure out what this thing does and figures out that we're, make sure we're not like totally screwed or something. I roll an eleven for a seven or for an eighteen. I roll a sixteen for a sixteen. Roll an eight for an eleven. Okay, uh, Hollis. If it is pertinent, you go back into your memory palace. Mm. Focus on uh, on entering into this room again. The mural is miss- missing the jackal, the ibis, the ram, and the river snake. Are those related to deities we follow? Uh, the jackal's related to Anubis. The ibis is the holy animal of Toth. The ram is the holy animal of Osiris. And the river snake is the holy an- animal of Wajit. Hmm. Wajit's weird. So if there is any relation, you're not entirely positive. But hmm. Masika, you close your eyes. Focus. You know, Listen to the clack, clack, clack of the ivory. Breathe in the incense. Go ahead and make your cast level check. I rolled a 13 for a 26. A 26. You learn the following. This mosaic is sort of a trap. Not in the strictly mechanical trap variety. This is a thing known as an animus mural. Has a strong aura of necromancy. Functions similar to a mirror of opposition. Uh Uh-oh. Any creature that comes within... 10 feet of the animus mural feels magic coursing through their bodies, removing fatigue, exhaustion effects currently affecting the creatures and heals them, so on. One minute later, however, oh no, the light flickers and then refracts as a strange duplicate of one of the creatures affected by the animus mural's magic steps out of the mural. Uh-oh. This duplicate Uh-oh. is identical to the original creature in every way, Uh-oh. save that its head is that of an animal. Uh-oh. Such as an ibis, jackal, hawk, crocodile, and its alignment is neutral evil. Uh oh. I love The animus this. duplicate gains the spellic ability to cast locate creature at will, oh, but shit. only to locate its duplicate. Uh oh. It then seeks out this duplicate, of whom it possesses all of the memories and knowledge of, oh, and no. attempts to attack and replace them. Oh no! I told y'all so. This is so cool. Known it couldn't be a good thing in here. This is the best thing ever. We're going to Each fight of ourselves. these duplicates has all of the possessions and powers of the original, including <laughs> spells <laughs> and all magic items. Oh, oh no, y'all. This is no. going to be bad, bad, bad. But upon the defeat or destruction of either the duplicate or the original, the duplicate and its items disappear completely. Likewise, items taken from the duplicate fade away before they can be utilized by another. <laughs> Full doppelganger. There is a little bit more to this that may make this a little bit less worse. A single character may be duplicated only once by the Animus Mural. And only one Animus duplicate can exist at any one time. If multiple characters are affected by the Mural's magic, determine randomly which one is duplicated first. However, once this duplicate is slain, the next random duplicate in the queue will immediately step forth as well. Uh, Okay, so we should just camp in here and kill ourselves. Like, not ourselves, but our evil selves, right? No. uh, Well, the problem is if it spawned already, which it should have. It's been way over a minute. It's been way longer than a minute. So what the heck is it up to? It depends on who spawned. Masika, after getting this vision, Masika just takes out her mace and whips it across the room. Ah. It shatters into the mural. <laughs> um, what did you do that for? We're in a lot of trouble. Are we? 
Why are we in a lot of trouble? It's just... That's a mirror of opposition. Okay. You act like I know what that is. What is that? So all of us got affected by the magic, and it created an exact duplicate of us, except they're evil, but with an animal head, and they're going to try to murder us to take our place. They have all of our abilities, all of our items. They know they possess all of our memories. Wow. So maybe they'll want to kill Hakatev too. First, they want to kill us and take our place. Oh, I see. Okay, that's first. (laughs) 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 Oh, crap. All right, so four of us are wandering around. One of us is. Since all of us were affected within the same amount of time, one of us got duplicated. But since I destroyed the mirror, no more of us can come out. All right, well, I hope it wasn't me because my spells are ridiculous. There is a slight chance... That me shattering that mirror destroyed the duplicate, but I can't be sure of that. Okay, so uh, where's the duplicate then? Somewhere in this building, it came out of the mirror, and it's one immediate. Its first goal is to find its you or me or Citra or Sudi and kill us to take our place, and then it's just an evil version of us on this plane of existence. Hmm. Interesting, but so, do we just wait? It has the ability to find us wherever we are. It's well, going to be in oh, this pyramid great. somewhere. Do we want it to find us when we're fighting something else? I mean, that's probably what I would do if I was going to try to ambush somebody, right? Wait for them to get into another scrap. The problem is... Uh-oh. What? Oh, wait. Shooty's maybe about to say the exact thing, same thing that I'm thinking. The thing is, it's as smart as we are. So if we try to think of a way around it, it might think of a way around it. Yep. Evil Hollish would immediately know that good Hollish would say we should just wait here. And so she wouldn't come here because she knows that e- that would be good Hollish's plan. Oh, this is going because it turned into a he knows, but she knows that he knows that she knows. All right, let me get a board. It sounds like we need the string board. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to assume that it, but they also know all of Narmer. our spells and magic. Narmer. Wait, what if oh, it's no. an evil Narmer. me? What would you do if you were evil? So first thing I would do, <laughs> I would take what funge that I had, and by that I mean probably Mashika, because we're spiritually tied. So if it duplicated Mashika, there must also be an evil Narmer, who probably is like, he probably has a cat head. He should have a fish head. Oh, it's just a cat. It's and he has an evil mustache. Cat, which, which, but there were only four animals missing, y'all. I bet it, I bet his barbels curl at the end. Anyway. <laughs> then I would go and get a hat of disguise. And then use the hat of disguise. So if I so suddenly if you suddenly see me, but I'm wearing a jaunty hat, that's not me. It's <laughs> probably evil me. <laughs> then I would insinuate myself into the group. Probably by tying good me up. And then maybe tie him to some something dangerous, so that you guys had to go and try to save him. But I would have I would set multiple fires, so that you had to go multiple places at once. And then I could pick off the one, and then just kind of walk back in and be like, "Hey guys, I was here all along." Just waddle away and be like, "Hey, are you shavers?" And then you'd immediately trust them. All right. Well, all that really tells us, though, is that we don't need to split up for any reason for any length of time. The, they for, have an animal head for the rest of our lives. Yeah, they don't look like us. They got well, animal Well, but we don't heads, want to be ambushed. Out of disguise. How about we just keep going? I mean, if they're going to ambush us, they're going to ambush us. And, and there is a small chance that the duplicate was destroyed when I shattered the mirror, but we all know our luck doesn't go that way. Also, it's so. just one of us, not all four of us. And that's How, however, also, the defenses of this place would not necessarily know that they're not us, right? 
I mean, yeah, I think they know that we out. don't have a giant. Oh, but they might trigger them traps and kill themselves unless That's they're Citra. I'm thinking. I've if only it was disabling the traps. But we haven't gone all the directions yet. It's true. It wouldn't they go back to where but they we've can't been. Get, they can't get to the other areas. They don't have... Well, they no. have all the items they we have. They have all of our it, stuff. No, but it depends on which one was duplicated. I have all the teeth. Okay, so if Citra was duplicated, we can't even leave because what if while we're in there, it puts a tooth in. That's a real easy way to kill Citra. Well, we have to... We can't just stand here. What if I dimension door us to the other side? Is that better or worse about the same? Uh, I don't know if it solves any like problems. That seems like just a waste of a spell. I think we should just go on and hope let's we don't just, run into them. Let's just hustle down the hallway. I know All it's right. not in our nature, but maybe we be positive and think the Masika handled this. Yeah, let's be positive. I can't wait for us to get to the which Kirk do we shoot moment. She handled there being more coming out of that <laughs> mirror, but we don't know if she handled the one that's already wandering around. Masika casts Lester Lester Restoration on herself to get rid of the uh, fatigued effect of the spell. I mean, I'm just saying, if you see a white Sudi, punch the white Sudi. No, they're going to look just like you, but with a weird head. They're going to look identical to you, except for with a weird head. Oh, we're really good. that We're lucky that the cat wasn't duplicated. Then it'd just be shooting with a slightly different cat head. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, Maybe that one doesn't have an eye patch. That might be an easy way to tell. No, the eye patch is on the other side. Oh, there you go. Hmm. All right, well, let's. I like this hustle plan, I guess. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's a mirror of opposition. I love it so much. Oh, I almost I wish it, we hadn't destroyed it. So it. Much. I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm not sure which one of these I'm more excited about. Should have known there couldn't what? have been anything good in here. Well, because, like, if it's evil you, Mashika, that means that there's also an evil me. And think about, like, the merchandise opportunities and the comedic effect. But if there's an <laughs> evil Hollish, it means that there's an evil sugar. But with like an animal head other than a chicken. If there's an evil shooty, that means we're going to have like a shooty monk off again, which is always great. You know, <laughs> just generally fun. And if there's an evil Shitra and Faltos may be in town, maybe evil Shitra goes to Falto and he might not be smart enough to realize it's not Shitra. <laughs> He's not, He's not that, that dumb. dumb. <laughs> what happened to you? I was cursed. He's oblivious, not stupid. I know I have a snake head, but (laughs) you can learn to love it. (laughs) Don't mind this jaunty hat. Uh, Also, I have business to take care of. Give me 30 minutes. I'll be right back. If you see me show up again sometime, tell me to walk down this dark alley by myself. (laughs) Remind me of this thing. Remind me of this. I need to go down this dark alleyway. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is an amazing trap. I very much love it, and I am ready. So so far, it's uh, it's two for two for uh, crazy good traps this episode. True. All right, I guess we hustle down the snake hallway in case it's Citra. I think the saddest thing is I didn't even need to be healed. Like, I didn't even have hit point damage or anything. I, I, was, down, I. I was down literally three hit points. <laughs> it was a waste. I, I, I was down like 10, but... As a quick reminder, I will reiterate the importance of you all getting me a copy of your character sheets for this level. Ah. Yep, that's what that was for. Because <laughs> we'll see. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I haven't even rolled yet. We're going <laughs> to see what happens. Let me forge my character sheet to be weaker. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I really hope it's oh, not Sudi, because no Sudi is going to be a, a oh, I just didn't prepare any offensive spells today. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Of course, that would be Hollis's response. We'd just be like, oh, evil Hollis comes out, and it's like, oh, I've already cast all these spells. Eh. 
I'll just go sleep somewhere in my magnificent mansion and show up tomorrow to kill them all. Right. <laughs> Evil Hollis definitely oh, would take man. a nap. Yeah, Evil Hollis would be the gonna worst. Gonna go regain all my spells. That's, make that's why they're not here. Gonna go oh, regain all my it. spells, make sure that I'm ready. Evil Hollis would be the worst, but also I'm the most excited to fight myself. I don't know why. Evil Masika just sends Evil Narmer to spy on us. Yeah, but I'm not worried about being spied on. That's store. fine. That's fine. Um, I would just say, uh, if you have seen invisibility, I would probably turn that on because it's that, on if all it the is time. evil Citra, she can disappear. It's true. Evil Hall, or regular Hollis always has seen invisibility, so I'm evil here for Citra this. might not be the worst though because there's nobody to flank with. Hmm. That's true. Unless you attack when something else attacks. Masika has two Slay Livings memorized right now. Mm. I think Yum. probably my favorite thing about this trap is listening to you guys all argue over which one of you would be the worst to fight. It'd be one of the magic users. That, like, yeah, I, magic users suck. I would say Hollis is probably going to be one of the worst ones. I got a bunch of disintegrates. I just happened to prepare a bunch of them I was going to say, it's, it's the save or die spells that are going to be the, the ones to watch yeah. out for. Hollis is neutral and her DD doesn't care if she's evil, so she wouldn't lose any of her abilities. I don't know if Sudi would be the worst. I think Sudi would just be the toughest, just because I'm made of hit Sudi points. Sudi has so many hit points. He's I have good big. saves, which he is a problem. He can throw us off of the bridge. Yeah, because it does specify that they're, uh, where is it? They seek out the duplicate and attempt to attack and replace them at the earliest opportunity. Which, mind you, it specifies opportunity, which I can define as whatever I really want. Yeah. But I do like the idea that evil Sudi steps out and is like, oh, I've lost all my monk powers. All right, time to go retrain as a brawler. I'll be back in a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, ev evil me would definitely be a brawler. It's true. Yep. You, you I have wisdom. Find Sagira. Teach me how to punch your. What way. happened to your head? <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't ask questions. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're gonna fight ourselves at some point, but not this episode because Rick doesn't have our character sheets. Who knows? But I guess we hustle down the snake mine. hallway, or he makes us roll ourselves, makes us play ourselves. Oh. All right, Jessica, what's your highest level spell? I think I need you to hit Sudi with that. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. My seventh level spells are not fun unless you have a party with you. Ah, <laughs> uh, fine. Disintegrate. Uh, yeah, no, Disintegrate's always there. Trusty and great. All right, you make your way, I suppose, after this revelation and going, well, crap, uh, down to the end of the hallway. Yep. The snake-headed hallway continues into the darkness. Do you follow it back down, or you are you put placing in a new in. tooth? Tooth. I'll do front upper. We'll stick with uppers. So you make your way forward. Take out another tooth. Slot it in. Hissing, grinding sound. Wind rushes past all of you. Very distant, you hear an evil cackle. Male or female, you can't tell. <laughs> a new tunnel opens up, spiraling its way. All right. I suppose you follow the tunnel? Yep. You press your way ahead, following the tunnel forward and down into the darkness. The tunnel spirals for some distance before finally you see worked stone again. As you reach the end of this passage, up ahead, you see that just beyond the snake head is a single door. Citro will step forward and check it for traps. Approaching the door? No, seems untrapped. That's suspicious. Is it locked? Nope. I'm gonna ready to dispel magic. There's something fishy here. Alright, I guess with that uh, rousing set of approval from Citra, Sudi and Citra can take a side and push the doors open. Yep. Here we go. You open the door, revealing a small, I guess you can define it as room beyond. And it's honestly just basically 10 feet across, 10 feet wide. There's a door on your right and a door on your left as this opens into it. Weird. Each one of these doors 
The walls here are not covered in hieroglyphic prayers, as you've seen elsewhere. Instead, these walls are covered in praise of the skills and abilities of Istakim Habet's many triumphs. The door on the right reads, you think it might be a name, Ofashu? The door on the left simply states, stable. Oh, there's going to be a horse in there, or camel. Any preferences? Uh, let's check the stable first. Mm-hmm. Works for me. Sudi waits for Citra to check it for traps. Looks clear. Sudi opens the door to the stables. Opening this door, you find a small 10-foot room containing a single door. Hmm. This door, however, is covered in complex hieroglyphs telling what appears to be a story of some form. The story covers seemingly part of the life of Istkimhabet, stating that her tactical skill and devotion to Hakatep's cause had landed her the important position amongst his aides. Istkimhabet was instrumental in her nephew's rise to power, acting as an enforcer and at times assassin when needed to secure Whoa. his interest and protect him. As Hakatep rose to the throne of Osirian, he was opposed by many, yet few did so with as much fervor and skill as the merchants of the Sekpatra family. As their campaign against Hakatep intensified, Istakimhabet grew more and more frustrated in her attempts to defeat them, until she was lured into an ambush, petrified, and mm. put on display in a Sekpatra villa. Ah, mm. that's why they petrified them all. Not long after Hakatep was crowned pharaoh of Osirian, he rescued Istakim Habet and had her restored to flesh. Istakim Habet's resulting devotion to Hakatep was rivaled only by her hatred of the Sekpatras, and upon being promoted to general, made her vengeance against them. With the new resources and the pharaoh's full support, Istakim Habet waged a vicious war on the Sekpatra. The war soon devolved into an all-out slaughter, and those few Sekpatra who were not executed met the same fate they had inflicted upon her. Okay, so she was machinizing Hakatep's rise to the throne before he was even in the throne. So, like, there were some shenanigans happening. I mean, we kind of had some hints that there must have been some shenanigans. Yeah, but it was like a big Nethys show, right? So that's interesting. You also know that uh, she was responsible for some of his training in the Temple of Set. From your previous flashbacks where you saw that she was in charge of the martial training for Hakatep and his brother. But she liked Hakatep better. Interesting. You step forward, push open the door. The door opens up into a large chamber. From one side to the other, you'd say it's probably about 50 feet across, maybe 60 feet deep. This chamber has been decorated with the trappings of a stable. A few drifts of old straw cover the floor while the remnants of wooden gates and fences lie amidst the ruins. The bulk of the rubble strewn about the room, however, appears to be fragments of what were once sets of incredibly lifelike statues of men and women. As you step in, you see that a massive hieroglyph covers the floor, perhaps 15 feet at the side. It states simply, core on Hook, the rubble maker. Oh, that's a cool epithet. That's a bad sign for us. As you look across the room, a single creature turns. This massive bull 
turns to stare at you. Ah, heck. Its flesh studded with spines, visible still beneath its mummified wrappings. The creature snorts a cloud of yellow-green mist, digs its hooves into the rubble that were once people, and bellows out a roar. Yikes. And we'll pick it up here next time. Oh, jeez. Oh, da, da, da. This is going to be a bad one. So much petrification. There you go. Oh, oh no. God. <laughs> Look at it. Okay, cute. Not a good one. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.